Hey y'all, Double G here from Fight Game Media. Your favorite podcasts on this very network have been putting up some great bonus content on the Patreon. The In The Clinch podcast, hosted by Paul Fontaine and Ryan Frederick, posted their UFC 270 recap show just hours after that show ended. And this week, the folks from The Wrap are putting up their 2017 Royal Rumble Rewind bonus show. Also, I know that John LaRocca from the Take It Home podcast is trying to get former WWE heartbreaker Antonio The Promise Thomas on his bonus show. Add to the great shows that are exclusive to the Patreon, including my show with John covering 1998 Raw, the Dynamite show with Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins, which goes up right after AEW Dynamite is over, Scott Edwards' five-star Joshi show, as well as the full version of Brace for Impact. It's just $5 a month to support your favorite podcasters, folks. Patreon.com front slash Fight Game Media. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. I'm joined, as always, by JD, by God, Oliva. How you doing, JD? I'm all right. Just finished watching some Impact Wrestling. I have thoughts. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm back, man. I uh, from my uh, my one week COVID vacation. That was your, co- a, your COVID co- sabbatical. Yeah, that was a complete mess, man. I, How you uh, dude, I I feel pretty good, but here I I screwed up um yesterday you, had, yeah. you did have covid so. i did have covid so i you know i'm back at work and everything and yesterday i was like i was feeling good and i wanted to work out so i um i tried to do like kind of a high intensity type of workout i was doing you know mixing in some squats with kettlebell swings and doing some other stuff and uh and after my third set i just couldn't catch my breath anymore I was just, I was just done. And then like the rest of the day, I had trouble taking deep breaths to where my lungs were actually hurting. And that lingered over today too. And I'm like really fatigued today, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing, doing all right. Um, honestly, the, my doctor said, he goes, um, he goes, if you were to test again today, you would still test positive. And I was like, oh, well, it's good that I'm at work and I'm coughing again. So that's awesome. But uh, other than that, everything's fine. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. wow. Um, I don't, can't follow that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, helped, we tried to hold the fort down while you were gone. Yeah, um, man. I'm not as good a captain of the ship as you are. Like I'm like, you never let Ed McMahon host the tonight show. But unfortunately, <laughs> this is where we were. Hey, oh, yes. That's the old man joke for us. Old mm-hmm. man listeners out there. Uh, I think our buddy regular Scott did a great job. I love that. Uh, yeah. I love that he's part of the fight game family now. He's a good friend and um, he's doing great work. They're hosting a Royal Rumble spaces currently on mm-hmm. Twitter. And I can't think of a place I would rather less want to be than listening to a bunch of people talk about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. I like too. Like I like oh, all yeah. these people, but I, I have zero interest in anything to do with that show. Uh, I want to see Brock and um, Lashley. That's what I want to see. Other than that, that's that that's about it. I just want to see yeah. that match. Yeah. yeah that's you know, so. I'm you know, here's the sad part. I talk a bunch of shit, but there's a there's a eighty-five percent chance that I will be getting peacock this weekend specific because it's the Royal Rumble. It's like pizza. Like even when it's terrible, it's you know, it's entertaining. 
Yeah. Well, and Mickey's going to be in it. So that's like a connection to our show. Give us something oh. to talk about. Oh, I have thoughts. Oh, yes. I have, I we'll, have thoughts. We'll, 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 we'll get, get to we'll get to Miss Miss Mickey James. Hey, before we uh, before we actually get into the recap today, if you're listening to us right now on Spotify and Apple podcasts and the Brace for Impact feed, uh, I just want to make the announcement right now that this is the last episode on that feed. We're still going to have a free component of the show, but that component is going to move over to the Fight Game Media feed. We're going to join the rest of our teammates over on the Fight Game Media Network feed and just be a part of that. It's going to be released on the same days. Nothing changes, same format, same everything. It's just going to be released on that feed. Um, there's two reasons why this is happening. One, we we kind of wanted to branch out and do our own thing a little bit and and see what we could get. And I, th- and I felt like... Um, you know, having our own feed was pretty cool. Um, we, we got to have our own audience, but we feel like we can maximize the audience if we were to move over to the main feed. Not only that, we are going to be consolidating funds over there. You only got to pay for one feed for, for all the different shows. So it's more cost effective for us to be in that main feed. And I think that we'll actually get more listeners that way. And we'll be able to, to cast a wider net and, and capture a, a larger audience. And we get to be a part of a team again, which I enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're a team, you know, uh, Garrett gave us a shot to do this thing and, you know, we, we went to strike it out on our own and, you know, I think we did an all right job, but just, uh, it makes more sense to be with everybody else. It makes more sense to keep the the brand synergized. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's my corporate speakish. Yeah. Um, so we're all on board now and it's cool. If you're listening, if you're listening to the show, you love the show. It's going to be real easy. Just subscribe to the fight game media main feed. If you're not already. Yeah, man, we're going to be joining the likes of uh, John LaRocca's Take It Home podcast, which is blowing up big time. He's pulling some good numbers over there. And uh, our friend, great numbers, numbers, uh, Justin and Fumi Saido. Uh, their, their show yeah write that down they're doing they're doing fantastic and then my my homie james mcdaniel and kevin ely with the boom podcast will be uh we'll be right there alongside those guys uh you know all kinds of stuff all oh, paul fontaine and ryan frederick do their mma show every week too so um it, it'll all be there so all of your listening needs all in one feed um should be should be great man it should be a lot easier for people to to find our show now yes definitely yeah. So, hey, man, let's go ahead and get uh, let's go ahead and get it started. Uh, so this week uh, I, I thought was a pretty good show. I do have one major issue with it, and that was just oh, the sound. That, oh, that was God, the, yeah. the sound quality. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just didn't take their microphones with them or if the 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 video mix or whatever and the audio mix that made it to them didn't get fixed before it made it over to access and made it onto impact plus because i i actually watched a little bit of both on access and on impact plus so i watched i want to say the second hour on access because it comes on at 5 p.m here but that's when i have dinner and things like that so i i waited a little while and then i went ahead and i you know corner myself off and I actually watched the access feed. Um, and then when that was over, I went to impact plus and I watched the beginning of the show. So I kind of did it in reverse um, tonight. A lot of times I'll just wait till the whole thing is over and then I will go watch the, the entire show on impact plus, but I was like, ah, I got nothing else to do at six o'clock. I'll just watch the access feed. So um, that's the way I did it. And it sounded the same. So it wasn't like it was the app versus access, the, just the entire episode, just the, mi- the sound mix just sounded awful tonight. I mean, that shouldn't matter because it's ones and zeros, right? It's when you're dealing in a digital realm, you're not going to get a whole lot of variance unless you're, there's some aspects when you're doing live presentations that that could happen, but in, in, you know, in a tape, in a tape 
tape isn't even a real term anymore because nothing is shot to tape anymore. But I mean, like when stuff is pre-recorded, it's all it's all digital numbers. It's all ones and zeros. So it's like there's no way that's that something's going to get lost in translation, so to say. This is just bad. It was bad production. I think we took a step backwards in production. I, I thought yeah. the lighting was bad, to be honest with you. I thought when Honor No More did their initial um, walk-in, I thought it was poorly lit in the crowd. I thought that we were back to kind of how it was like at Sam's where you can't tell how many people are there. Mm -hmm. I thought the sound mixing was worse than I tech. I messaged you during the show. I said, this sounds worse than it was at Skyway. Like you couldn't hear anybody. Like yeah. it was almost like we were back to the empty arena days or the empty studio days. Like I, I was really disappointed with production tonight. I thought it sounded like trash and I thought it looked <laughs> It looked fine in the ring, but I was not happy with the lack of lighting outside of the ring. Because I think especially when you're running angles outside the ring, you need to have things properly. Mm -hmm. It got better throughout the show, like as we saw with Lambert. But for that, at least that opening angle, which is your the main angle driving the show right now, not yeah. good. Which not I good. thought which I thought was a great angle, but the yeah, the, angle's good. The lighting wasn't good. It, you know, and I had a theory about that. The the Dodge Center is a pretty big venue, but they didn't actually um, they didn't actually put a whole lot of tickets on sale. So it was all kind of condensed into one small area. So I think maybe they tried to darken the areas around it. And and when they did that, it just made it look like the whole thing was just pitch black or what. I, I don't know what was going on with that, but that's, it didn't look good. That's bad. That's bad production. Because like if you know yeah. you're if you know you're gonna do that, the the guys producing the show have to look and say, Okay, if we're not lighting here, we can't run angles here. Mm -hmm. If all we have is the ring and the stage lit, only shoot the ring and the stage. Like, and it's hard. Like, you're going to get something. Like, remember when AEW ran that show? I think it was in Raleigh a few weeks ago. And it was yeah. Like a, they shot that in the, the center of a black hole because they ran an arena that was way too big and didn't sell enough tickets. Like, this is a similar situation. But it's like nowhere near as cavernous, but it was also worse lit. So when they are doing stuff outside the ring, it just didn't, it just didn't look very good. So that was... <laughs> That was a you know production guy. That's a yeah. point of consternation for me all the time. Yeah. So I want I just want to get that part out of the way because I did think that overall it was a pretty good show, but those two things specifically um, bugged me. Uh, so on BTI tonight, they had a, a really really big time match. Laredo Kid defeated Blake Christian on uh, on before the impact there on on YouTube, man. So I'm I'm actually I have not seen that match yet, but I'm gonna go ahead and check that one out. I typically never watch BTI, but that's something that I want to see. BT, uh, GCW is doing a rematch too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they announced it right after Impact was over that they're actually going to – um, I, I can't remember when it's going to be, but yeah, they, the same exact match, they're bringing it over to Game Changer Wrestling. And now you'll listen, now you get to see the same match and have Kevin Gill swear at you for 30 minutes and <laughs> yeah. you know, bombard you with the F word multiple times. I mean, we're not yeah. exactly a clean show, but no. my God, learn another adjective. I know. What a clown that guy is, man. Not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think on the Patreon we'll we'll talk a little bit of GCW at the Hammerstein. I got I have thoughts on Ooh, that. I didn't watch the show, so I'm here. I, I want to oh, hear okay. your thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm for a GCW show, you out of your mind? Oh, bro, I did not pay for that show. Come on, <laughs> who are you talking to? All right. <laughs> so uh, the the uh, the first match on the show tonight though was Jake Something defeating Chris Bay, which I thought was a fantastic freaking match, Jeez. and I was yeah. I was. A, I was surprised that Jake actually won this match. Me too. 
Um, but um, it was it was great. He Jake had some awesome counters, man, into some power bombs, great power moves. Uh, they hit the you know Bay hit him with the reverse Rana. Uh, something made his comeback with strikes, countered a Hurricane Rana into a power bomb for a two count. Something went for a corner spear, but Bay dodged, hit a foot stomp, and then Bay went for the art of finesse, but something blocked. Hit the corner spear, went for the void, but now it is it was Bay who uh, countered into a poison Rana. That's that reverse hurricane Rana. Uh, Bay kicked something over and over until something powered up, hit a body block, uh, caught Bay with a mid-top rope dive, hit the void, and got the win in an excellent, excellent opener. Um, and then after the match, my my bros, the two men that I never gave up on, I always had hope. I knew they were coming the entire time. I could not be swayed. Uh, Tama Tonga and Tongalo, the gorillas of destiny, hit the ring and put an ass whooping on old on old Jake something there. Uh, this was awesome. I was shocked at the result of the match because we've been on the assumption that something Jake something it, it's weird when you say something um, that Jake is leaving the company and maybe we're wrong because he's gotten a lot of wins lately and yeah. a win over Chris Bay. I mean, Chris Bay hasn't done a lot over the last few months, which is kind of sad. So I, I prepared a completely different take and then the, the angle made complete sense. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is great. Um, yeah. My one comment, I'm like, oh, Tamatanga and Tangaloa wanted to cut a promo but they cut it to the cameras wild mics. So you got like, <laughs> so it sounded like they were cutting a promo like this. Like, would it have been so hard to give the guys a freaking microphone so the yeah. crowd could hear it and, <laughs> and react to what they were saying? Uh, it's weird to have two invasion angles on a show, I guess, but we kind of know um, Bullet Club's coming in, so I'll I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll critique it. But I, I think... think- I think, I think Bullet Club is uh, being invited, so I yes. think I don't. I wouldn't call that an invasion. They're no, actually invited guests. They are, but yeah. at the same time, it, I do wonder if Honor No More lessens the impact. Pardon the pun of Bullet Club coming in. Um, you know, they don't feel. It doesn't feel like. I feel like if Bullet Club is here, it should be like a main focus. Mm-hmm. I, and it doesn't I see. Feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels like like a, a Bullet Club because Jay White is back. Like God debuts i think they this is their debut. i don't think they've been here before and no, like yeah t- tom was wrong and like i felt like this should feel bigger but it's like the third or fourth most important thing on the show so i think that's yeah. a mistake i don't think it's a great thing to do with with new japan in general especially when you're trying to push a partnership and stuff on access so um but i don't have a better idea so i can't say this is what they should have done better i just didn't I didn't know. I, I just thought this could have been better, personally. Yeah, I so I I, I dug it. Uh, I dug it was the beat good. down. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I dug everything afterwards. You know, Speedball Bailey comes down for the save uh, for Jake something, and then Jay White shows up. And then I thought it was just a really strong way to open the show with a great match. And then you finally you get the you get the return of the Bullet Club, but you get the debut of God. I thought that was just a really cool way to open the show. Um, and I felt like the show had energy at that point, despite the, the, the audio mixing, I was into it at that point. That's another um, thing too, is you have a big moment like this and like the crowd should be like fired up and you hear like a handful of cheers and it makes yeah. it, and it's again, it makes it feel less than, but it isn't like, I know mm-hmm. for a fact in that, in that arena, people are excited, Oh yeah, but it doesn't translate at all. And it just. You know, production is important, man. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it really, especially in moments like this, it really hurt. And man, it really hurt. It really hurt. And then, uh, you know, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, they, what they were talking about to the camera there was they were challenging the Good Brothers. And so 
that's obviously the match to make. I think we're going to get that here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool to see, uh, to see the bullet club and, and Jay white finally come back. And, uh, I know for a fact, they're going to be sticking around a while, man. So that's going to be cool. Um, Hannafin and Ray Walt. So they announced that Ray Walt was the new, um, the new color commentator going forward. I, I don't know if this is a full-time deal, but I kind of, they kind of made it seem like this was full-time Hannafin and Ray Walt as the commentary duo here, man. What do you think of these guys? I thought they did a good job. I believe they worked together in WWE. Did I think two hundred five live. I, I I think they did. I don't know a single person who ever watched that show, but I think I they did. A handful. I I watched time? I watched um Buddy Matthews and um Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. I watched their match, and that was yeah. about it. I know I watched it a little bit. I know I was paying attention when Austin Aries was doing stuff because. I don't know. I, I kind of like Austin Aries. You He's know, everyone's, yeah. everyone's got a guilty pleasure. I like Austin Aries, but I think that I'm pretty sure they did do stuff together. Um, is Dilo gone? Well, no, he's still with the company. He's an executive with the company. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Okay. I, I think that, okay. yeah, I, and he's like a producer and all that stuff. I think that they just probably just wanted Ray Walt. They wanted to get two you know, oh. younger people in there. I think this is a better use of Ray Walt, to be honest with you. Yeah. Than just being Deanna's manager person. Yeah. And I keep, thought they were good. I think keeping him out of the ring is good because I just don't think he's interesting in the ring. Sounds um, like a Muppet, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he he had his little thing with Rusev there for a while that was kind of entertaining, but it got, got old. Got It got over, but then it got old to me pretty quick. And then he was a one-trick pony after that. And so, yes, I agree with that. Um no, I like him as a commentator. I think they have yeah. good chemistry. I think this could work. I do. I do. I think that uh, Ray Walt sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog when he talks. Like I know I, I run a lot of Muppet stuff through the show, but I think that Ray Walt's got a little <laughs> bit of that in his voice. Yeah. If you want Muppets, uh, Muppet stuff, come to us. Come to Brace for Impact. Um, and then so we go to, we go to commercial and then come back and then Otter No More has arrived in the Impact Zone. Um, and then Rhino, Rich Swan, Josh Alexander, Chris Saban, and Eddie Edwards ran down to the ring uh, before Honor No More could actually make it to the ring. They're around the ringside area in the audience. Rhino told security to let them through because they wanted to get into a fight. And then Scott Demore, speaking of Carver the Frog, uh, interrupted um, before the fight could happen and told Honor No More that they didn't really represent Ring of Honor. Because none of them stood for what Ring of Honor stood for. Um, called him carnies, called them pieces of shit. He said, you pieces of shit. Uh, they, they bleeped it out. I don't know why. I, you know, you get the word shit all over other everybody else's show, but you can't say it on impact for some reason. It's a no shit show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Maria responded by asking. Maria responded asking why they should play by Demore's rules and just wanted an opportunity. So Demore booked them at no surrender in a five on five match. And if honor no more wins, they get to stay on impact. So the difference between, you know, bullet club and honor no more is honor no more is looking for a job. Bullet club has a job. They work for new Japan. They're just, you know, guests honor no more. They don't have a job. They just, you know, they're, they're looking to start some shit and, and get paid. So no more has got a 10 times cooler angle to bring them in. They do so far. Absolutely. Um, and then Saban asked Demore. Um, he said he wanted to still fight. So Demore booked him against PCO for the main event. So we got uh, Saban versus Frankenstein's monster uh, in the main the event. First time that match has ever happened. You know what? Garrett Kidney tweeted out that it was a rematch from the early days in TNA. I, oh, okay. But he, he didn't actually tweet a video link. He's usually pretty good about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. I he didn't tweet the video link, but he said it had happened before. So it might be something that's worth a Google that to, to, a actually, Google. to actually watch it. Because he was, you know, he came in kind of as the pirate guy in the early days of TNA. And he was doing some wacky stuff back then. So it's wacky days. 
Um, yeah. I have I have two thoughts. One, we had a new budget. We've been talking about the budget, budget increases. Budget did not go into lighting and sound. <laughs> no, went into track suits. Yes, we look like we look like all Japan, 1984. Everyone's walking around in red track hey, suits. And I'm not hating that, by the way. No, I, I, I think it come. Yeah, I I kind of think that we should get our own track suits. Garrett, let's get yeah. on that. Yeah. Let's get on that. Fight game media tracksuits. Yeah. I would absolutely wear that. To celebrate um, us being on the main feed now, we should all have tracksuits. Yeah. Welcome home, BFI. Abs- Here's a abs- tracksuit. Yeah. Uh, I have another controversial take on this. I don't like Josh in this stuff. Well, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk offline. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because I yeah, did not, we'll- I thought it made him feel like another guy. And like, he- yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the closing segment, mm-hmm. but. I was like, hmm, Sting never, because I'm always calling him Sting. Sting never felt like another guy in these segments. Yeah. In the opening segment, Chris Saban seemed like the leader when Josh, when Josh should be the leader. I agree. And then in the closing segment, and we'll talk about it later, the focus was on somebody else completely. Uh-huh. Even though they hit Josh's music afterwards, uh-huh. there was one guy that we were focused on. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I, I see what I, you're saying. I don't like Josh not being the center of this because mm-hmm. it makes me, it makes me conspiracy sniff. We'll talk about that on the Patreon show a little bit. But. Oh, yeah. We we actually got some, you know, we'll go ahead and get into that right now. So for the Patreon, our bonus show this week, we're actually going to get into Josh Alexander's contract and and what, you know, when's it when it's due and what he has planned for February, including for the night of no surrender and you know, a little bit of teaser. It is not related to impact. He has got, he doesn't look like he's going to be at no surrender. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, coming up on the Patreon. And there's a lot, is and there's a lot of interview me on her podcast. Cause we're trying I, to I tried. Is that going to happen? Bro. I tried. She <laughs> I still know. likes your article. I, I, I did tag you in that. I was like, you're interview JD. Let's, let's plug his books and shit. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we go backstage and Carrie Silken showed up and exchanged some harsh words with Taven and, and Maria and Silken into more left together. So they really undersold what happened. There was a funny, funny moment where Vincent stuck his hands down Silken's pants and was like, where's my paycheck? Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but go ahead. Can I be honest? This is yeah. my favorite segment on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I thought it was great. Uh, and- oh, no, it, gave, it gave us a reason. It gave... Yeah. I don't know more reason. Why are they here? What mm-hmm. is going on? They're guys that got fired from Ring of Honor who are yeah. pissed off, who want to destroy the reputation of Ring of Honor as they're trying to be something new and trying to ruin the relationship with Impact. And I thought, again, Matt fucking Taven, Matt, damn it, I swore yeah. on the free feed. Matt yeah. freaking Taven did uh, you know a great job of commanding. He's done such a good job commanding the scenes that he is in and taking oh, yeah. advantage of this. And like we have an origin. We have a reason for why this is. I love it. That's all I ask for in these things is just give me a reason why these guys are together. Why are that- they all together? They were fired and they're pissed. Perfect. Without actually seeing Taven Russell and Impact, okay, we haven't seen that yet so far. I like Taven better in Impact than I did in Ring of Honor. 100%. I was one of those guys who was critical of Matt Taven as the Ring of Honor world champion. Mm -hmm. Since Mike Bennett came back into that company and they got OGK together, I've seen Matt Taven in a new light. And now, honestly, now I feel like he can be a top guy here. I I really do. He steals every scene that Mm -hmm. he's in. Uh, his social media games on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is committed to the character. I, I think he is flat out awesome. 
Uh, he actually used a cable guy reference to tonight on Twitter, which yes, he did. warms the cockles of my heart. I, you know, one of my favorite movies growing up was the cable guy with Jim Carrey. And he quoted that movie on, on Twitter. So I can't, I can't hate the guy, even though he's a damn good heel. He, he is really, it's a shame too. Cause he really figured this stuff out after. And again, I love how they worked it in too. People blame me for ring of honor going down. Like they're making that part of the story yeah. again. Some people be like, "Oh, only the hardcore fans like that." Have you seen our numbers? Like, <laughs> like who the hell is watching? This is where we are. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you're watching the show, you're hardcore. Like, yeah. this is. I think this is great. I oh, love so everything I. about this from yeah. the from the Ring of Honor perspective. This is awesome. I love this. I, I this is my favorite storyline going in pro wrestling right now. I, I, I concur. I, I like the MJF and CM Punk stuff that's going on, but I feel like that's been kind of dragging out a bit too long. Dragon. So I, I, guess, yeah. Guess who's got tickets? Guess who's got tickets? Oh, you're going to be there, huh? I'll be at that okay. show. So, okay, cool. Um, so I, th- this is my current, current favorite storyline going in pro wrestling. So uh, great job by Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, Knockouts Tag Team Champions, the inspiration. Uh, defeated the influence of Madison Rain and Caleb with a K because Tennille, uh, I think she had COVID, which joined, joined the family there, Tennille. Um, um, I praised Caleb on Twitter and I spelled his last name wrong. And Sam of the Fight Game Media family harshly corrected my spelling. Oh, oh. thank you, Sam. Yeah, yeah good. I misspelled Connolly. So, yeah, good job, Sam. Call us Connelly out. Is, Connolly is also <laughs> with a K, apparently. Um, yeah, and one uh, N. And uh, I, I screwed it up. I can't spell. <laughs> I can't spell. I'm a writer who needs spell check. What do you want from me? Uh, this man, I say it every week. I'll say it again. Whatever they're paying him, it is not enough. He was Ric Flair out here mm-hmm. doing, doing the work for three other people, trying yeah. to hold this train wreck of a segment together and it, doing the Lord's work, man. And I thought it worked. I thought he pulled it off. Like, I, like honestly, did. I was like, watch those matches. Like, this thing would have died if Tadeel yeah. was there. Like, like K- Caleb with a K totally, totally lifted up this segment Absolutely. and they made it non-title because, you know, he is obviously uh, the Eric, he, the Eric he, Young rule. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a guy. He has not claimed a different gender. Right. So he, uh, he, he's a man. So they did not let him wrestle for the knockouts tag team championships. So well, as I say, Eric you Young, Eric Young, he had the violent by design persuasion did co-hold the impacts knockouts tag title for 525 days. As I learned in a current article that I have just written that will be published Ooh. next on Saturday, which we'll oh, talk about later. It's finally so, coming out. I can't wait. I've been looking yes. forward to this for weeks for weeks. Well, partially <laughs> it took me forever to write it. You're right. Yes. Um, yes. So this had, there is precedent, but it occurred to Brooke Hogan 528 days after he won the co- he was cold of those titles that he was in fact a man and therefore needed to be stripped. Yeah. So <laughs> via the Eric young rule, Caleb with a K cannot in fact be knockouts tag team champion. Yeah. Even though he probably should, because whenever this match actually does happen, it's going to suck so bad. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way it's going to be better than what we just saw. There's so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I just hope it's short. And and I I am not like I a lot. The inspiration gets a lot of crap because they're not great in the ring. I I think their ring work is secondary to the character. And I think they have been highly entertaining on this show. Um, And I think Caleb with a K has been entertaining. Caleb with a K can actually work. Um, Yes, he can. And they need to give him more opportunities to have good matches because I thought that he knocked it out of the park tonight. He, he was great. And people are hard on the inspiration. To them, I say, have you watched the influence? Yeah. <laughs> 
the the influence was uh heavily influenced by the inspiration and they it's like uh it's like getting the inspiration on wish they're kirkland they're the kirkland yeah. inspiration <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah backstage we go to jake something he thanked mike bailey um for helping him out and then ace austin and madman fulton approached Bailey and told him that he was about to go out and help him, but he really had his back. And Bailey told Austin that if he really wants to help, they'll need back up against the bullet club next week. Um, and then at one point, like uh, Austin was like, Oh, you can trust us. And then Jake, something's like, didn't you try to have sex with Eddie Edwards, wife, Love which it. I, Love which, which good callback. That was yes. a pretty fun storyline from a few years ago. Uh, Austin tried to, to talk himself out of it, uh, but Gail Kim barged in and booked a four on four for next week. So we'll get uh We'll we'll get a ratings bump, man, with the Bullet Club uh, teaming. We got Jay White, Tama Tonga Tongalo, and Chris Bay taking on Ace Austin, Mad Madman Fulton, Jake Something, and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, which should be kind of a fun match. Yeah, I agree. I got years of WWE booking with the whole can they coexist thing that leads me to believe Fulton Austin will eventually stick the knife in Bailey. And yes, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that being said, it's going to be a fun match. Hopefully, Jay White hits Blade Runner, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, digging it. Um, next, we got a vignette for the quintessential diva, Giselle Shaw. Uh, you know, I I tried to key uh, cue you and um, and uh, Scott up last week with this, but you had no idea who the quintessential diva was, and they didn't actually put her name on the thing, so you didn't really get to talk about it. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this Giselle Shaw signing? Well, I took a note from you, and I read our man from the Observer, whose name I can never Garza's notes. He also <laughs> yeah. did not know who the quintessential no. diva was, so I sat there like a slack jawed idiot, going, I don't know who this is. "And I know the name Giselle Shaw, but I'll be honest, yeah. I've never really seen her work. Right. So my only experience here was watching the vignette packs, which I thought was really good. I thought it was yeah. really well done tonight. She looks like she's going to be solid in this company again. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what she's got. Yeah, so she wrestles for progress out of the UK. She's their women's champion. Um, I'm interested. I, I think we need to send a note over to uh, John LaRocca to talk about her this week because I think that's like up his alley because he watches progress on peak on the Peacock Network and stuff like Is that. Is she still signed with progress? I, I don't know what's going on with progress because they just had that dumbass yeah, Anthony Ogogo on that show and he's an AEW cat. So I'm thinking, so if I naturally assumed that maybe a Gogo's contract had expired, there's some contracts coming up, but that appears not to be the case. So they ended, I know, I know they sold progress to somebody else that's under new management, but the shows that. are still, the shows are still on Peacock though. So I don't know what's going on with this whole deal. Well, they might be actually all this forbidden door talk progress is having people from all over the place go everywhere. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. But I, so I, I like this signing of, yeah. of Shaw and I think everybody, whenever there was a big tease last week that they were bringing in a new knockout, people assumed it was Taya, you know, Tegan Knox, all these other folks that had been fired from WWE. I like them pulling from the Indies. I think that's what impact was great at forever. And not just, you know, when they weren't just signing all the former WWE people, when they were discovering their own stars, I thought that was great. And then here lately, we've got Masha Slamovich, Lady Frost, and now Giselle Shaw. I think this is great. I do too. I think what's through a lot of people made them think WWE was the use of the term diva, right? That nomenclature, that's old nomenclature. So I think that made a lot of people think, not me, because I thought because of that, it wouldn't be a WWE personality form X WWE personality, but I think the term diva threw a lot of people and made them think someone, something other than what we got, which is fine. I mean, she's, she's new. And I, I agree. Something we, we saw in our, our uh, BFI 
chat this week was you were advocating for, I believe it was you advocated for impact to focus on bringing in more indie talent, more unknown talent. Like yeah. Be I'm always mind be Memphis, be the place that discovers everyone. Yeah. Right. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think the return on investment for a Giselle Shaw and Masha Slamovich and Lady Frost is much higher than if you were to bring somebody that comes in with a higher cap hit, you know, coming from the WWE system, who's probably going to command a higher salary, um, but isn't really going to drive up your revenue all that much. So that's why I thought that uh, this was a better signing than say, you know, not that I don't want them to bring in Ty. I think it'd be kind of cool to have her, but I, I, you know, if you're asking me to pick between the two, I'd pick Giselle Shaw right now. Talking, I'm talking like I'm talking to Tricky Nikki Khan over here, man. Talking yeah. about ROIs and yeah, man, I like it. Yeah, it's important. Uh, backstage, you go to the Good Brothers and Violent by Design. They met up about uh, staying together now. Um, they wanted uh, Violent by Design's help because the Bullet Club were out to get them. Anderson and Gallows told EY and company they couldn't allow the Bullet Club to cut in line. EY agreed to work together. Um, you know, cool segment there. Um, and then with the, okay, here, here, here. This is where the show kind of takes a downturn a little bit uh, with all the knockouts roster at ringside. Gail Kim brought out Mickey James for her state of the division address state of the knockouts division. Um, you know, two things popped out at me during this. Oh, I bet two things did pop out. At <laughs> okay. I was wondering if we were going to get the joke. Okay. It was really hard to focus on what was being said because my focus yeah. was on specifically two things. Um, <laughs> and those two things, were the Royal Rumble <laughs> and the bad audio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, the, those course, are the only two things. Those, those are the two things that are sticking out the whole promo. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with what you are saying. Yeah. That bad audio absolutely killed this segment because yeah. Mickey. At no, okay. We're three weeks in. Tom says it's her shocking appearance. It's no longer shocking when it was announced three weeks ago. Right. Right. And WWE has done nothing more than saying, oh, yeah, Mickey James, the knockouts champion, will be in the Royal Rumble. That's it. Mm. I appreciated Mickey's effort today saying, I'm going to win. I'm going to go to WrestleMania. That WWE training kicked in. She knew it. I'm amazing. She wasn't pointing to the sky. You know, there's no WrestleMania sign for her to point to. But she said that, that I'm going to win and we're going to go title for title at WrestleMania. And because the crowd was mic'd so poorly, it made something that came off ridiculous even more pathetic. Mm-hmm. It like, was horrible. It sounded like nobody cared. It sounded like nobody cared. It sounded like nobody cared and nobody believed it. Right? And then, yeah. Which and then speaking of baby face. Right. And then speaking of nobody cared, Chelsea Green somehow gets in there. What is going on with this? I don't know. And then like, she has some of the worst dialogue I've ever oh. heard. And then she's talking about how she wants to get a title shot. She just lost last week, by the way. She lost to Tasha Steeles. She lost uh, twice to Tasha Steeles. Yeah. And then and then is wanting a title shot. And then Tasha comes in and kind of, I don't want to say saves the segment because I just didn't think that it was a good segment. But I thought what Tasha Steeles was doing, I thought was pretty good. And then she ends up, you know, laying an attack and then Savannah Evans comes in and, and lays her attack. And I thought that was done well, but most of the segment, 90, 90% of the segment was just not good. Tasha Steeles is doing Kevin Nash work here. And what I mean by this is your heel cannot be the voice of reason in a segment. Mm-hmm. Tasha is real. She's right about everything. Right. And that is not good. Like this entire segment was death to Mickey James's character. This came off so bad like 
for all the crappy sound sweetening we were doing in the empty arena, the fact that they didn't look at this and say, oh, my God, we got to add some cheers to this. Mm, yeah. Is, is like this is what I'm talking about. Like this is like we take these steps forward and then we go we we make our product look so freaking bush league. This entire segment was a nightmare. I don't know what we're doing with Chelsea. Right. We keep talking about maybe leading into a heel turn like I, I don't maybe we're still headed there. That's probably what's still happening. But after this segment, I found myself less interested in all of this because it all just came off so minor league. Like it was mm-hmm. an unbelievable. Like I didn't make, I, I had message. I'm like, Mickey's trying. Like, I yeah. feel like she was trying, but I didn't feel like she believed it at the same time. Like I didn't feel like she believed she was going to win the Rumble. I feel like she's trying to convince the faithful that she's going to win the Royal Rumble because everybody thinks she's going to get tossed in six minutes. Right. Yeah, no, I, yeah, just a poorly executed segment all around. And the fact that it's taped, they could have edited it down and sweetened it, like you said, to make it sound and come off a little bit better. But edited, they could have done some editing to this. And the fact that they let it just fly, it's like the most like late 90s WCW I've ever seen. It was just Mm -hmm. like, it was really, really bad. Disappointingly bad. It kind of reminded me of early like 2002 2003 tna as well <laughs> it's like Not with some of the thing, really you know? yeah yeah it's like okay you know sometimes it's okay to be scripted and this was one of those moments where maybe they should have like reined this in a little bit you know i'm not a fan of the scripted promos but this just kind of went on for a while it didn't really make a whole lot of sense it wasn't executed very well the sound was bad it was just not good this should have been scrapped this yeah should, when they said state of the knockouts division this felt so wwe to me yeah, I, I got a pit in the middle of my stomach and I hate being I hated that it was right because I've been a big fan of most of what Mickey's done. But this was mm-hmm. this was poorly thought out and and worsely executed. Yes. But was not badly executed. We go to the back. We've got Jim Miller interviewing our guy, Steve Macklin, about his loss last good. week. Yeah, uh, he said that the loss didn't count because it was under pure rules. He's a fucking heel. That's why he's saying that. Perfect. Um, and that this was impact. He's told Miller to leave uh, and he yelled at her. He threw stuff at her. Jonathan Gresham come, uh, came by and told him that if he had problems, then to deal with him. But it won't be for the title, nor will it be pure rules. Macklin accepted. So they're going just regular rules um, next week, which I'm excited about. Hey, I'm just glad we're getting a rematch. That was a really good match last week. Yeah. Um, Miller then interviewed Jordan Grace about Cardona's challenge for the title. Grace said that Cardona was kind of a, a pioneer in the internet champion. She said, but he was the internet champion on MySpace, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but and now, it, yeah, and now it is her time and she accepted the challenge. So next week we finally get it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but what we've been asking for for six months, we're finally getting next week. It's happening. And I'm excited. Um, I wish Jordan was a better promo. So I got on this. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't think that it was good or bad. I no, thought it's fine. that it was. It, yeah, it wasn't. It was. In, believe me, after what we just saw, it was completely inoffensive and yeah. perfectly adequate and just fine. I just wish she was a better promo. Like she's mm-hmm. not a bad promo. Let's just. You know. Um. Next, we get W. Morrissey in one of my favorite <laughs> segments of all time. <laughs> the show got saved right here. Right. He defeated he twelve dudes. He defeated the learning tree. It was an eight-on-one handicap match, <laughs> and he kicked everyone's ass so bad. It was so awesome. Was this was great. the only time where I think the, the audio picked up a little bit because you could actually hear people cheering him right. and, and cheering, you know, giving him the dub and everything, and he was actually getting over. 
Uh, and at one point he hit a power slam on someone called Greg Valentine Jr., which I thought was pretty clever. Is that uh, dude's actual name, Greg Valentine Jr.? Because when I, I saw that, I looked at his face and went, he does look kind of like yeah, Greg Valentine. Kind, kind of look like it seems like a rib to me, but I don't know. It does, but he does look like he looks like a fat out of shape, which is weird to say is like <laughs> skinny fat version of Greg Valentine. I laughed my dude Myers also sells these things. Yeah. Like Myers was absolutely great here. This this mm -hmm. segment was fantastic. I thought yeah, it was hilarious. I, I thought the show turned right back around after yeah. this. I was like, okay, boom, save the show at this point. Like it started off great, and then you go right into that Mickey segment, drags it down for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then this one, I thought this one brought me back. This one was like, okay, no, the show's great at this point. It was. Um and after the match, Myers attacked Morrissey, um, but that didn't work out for him too well. Then Moose came in and helped out the attack and then ends up hitting the spear um, or the lights out. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I thought great segment. One of my favorite squash segments ever. Dude, I looked at my phone to tweet something and I didn't and I picked my head back up and Moose is in the ring. And the first thing I thought was, was that Bivens? Like, I don't know why that <laughs> it just popped in my head for a did, second. I'm like, did Bivens grow six inches and become I know, jacked I don't know all why. of a sudden? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. Like, uh, it looked great. This segment was awesome. Moose actually hit a really nice lights out on Morris. You know? Oh, he did. Yeah. Like it was uh, this whole segment. Everything that was wrong with the previous segment went right with this one. Mm -hmm. So we're back in 500. Yeah, and then uh, we get to the back, and uh, Raj Singh's cutting a promo about changing his luck next week. He said he's bringing another Punjab wrestler named uh, Bupinder Gujar. Gujar. Um, John Schuyler interrupts him, so you know, kind of like undercard guy setting up something for next week. But uh, next week it's going to be uh, Schuyler versus Bupinder uh, next week. So we're going to get the debut of a uh, of another Punjabi wrestler. So, um, which people are saying he's pretty good. I've never heard or seen this guy before, but I people say he's good. I um we introduced new talent. I wish we could get a video or something like that to like make me a little more interested. Like at this point, I just kind of shrug because I don't know who the guy is. You know, yeah. we'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, and then another squash. We got Jonah defeating Johnny Swinger. Uh, he whooped his ass quick. It was effective. But I think the most interesting thing to come out of this was that Dan Lambert was in the audience, and it kind of looked like Lambert. At first, I thought they were sneaking. What I'm thinking, Continue. it looked like they were they were sneaking it a little bit. Like, hey, he wasn't supposed to be there, but then with some of his reactions, and he's a worker. I was like, I look like he was scouting talent to me, kind of. Yeah, um, and Lambert came from Impact. Lambert was on Impact for like a year and did great work in Impact. He works, he does stuff in AEW now. I don't think he's actually signed to AEW, so who knows what he's got going on, but. Well he was identified as AEW's Dan Lambert. Yeah. It, it first, so, it, first it reminded me of that time when uh TNA showed the guy from the Highlanders uh, in the, the audience. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, Mike, I think that's, I think that was exactly what they were going for. Uh, yeah. I totally think that's what they were channeling, but I do think that uh, perhaps this door isn't as closed as we thought. Perhaps we'll get uh, a version of American top team bet returning to impact. That brand that that goes across the companies, and I think yeah. Jonah. I think Jonah's the guy that would be great with Dan Lambert. Yeah, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Jonah show up in multiple companies. I like hot take. I love Dan Lambert. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> loved, yeah, yeah, I love Dan. I liked him in Impact. I, yeah. I, he actually brought me back into Impact for a little bit when he was there. He, uh, he when he, he was managing Bobby Lashley, and yes. he had Colby Covington with him, and all those guys. Yeah. He is a heel that you hate. He has mm -hmm. no redeeming qualities. He's what you're supposed to think of a heel manager. Like everyone wants to like heels now. Like in Dan Lambert, I feel like is the only guy that gets it. Yeah. Like no. he's great. 
Mm-hmm. I think he I think he nails it every time he's out there, man. He's fantastic. Yeah. It was surprising too to see him. Yeah. I thought they were like, oh, is he not sp-? again? I, I, I they caught me, hooked me right in. Oh, that wasn't supposed to. Oh, yeah, they cut to him three times. And then at one time you see them turn the light on. Like mm-hmm. you see them move the, the spotlight over there. So they did have some lighting. They were able to light Dan Lambert and nobody else. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was great. And then Jonah looked freaking awesome. So oh, yeah. this was a good segment. Good segment overall. And then after the mass, Jonah tossed Swinger out of the ring. Duquesne oh, hey, came out. Yeah, go ahead. Do uh, Swinger and Mickey James have the same tailor? Because it looked like they were wearing the exact same top tonight. They they were, uh, except for you could see Swinger's nipples, and oh, you yes. never got uh, you never got Mickey's nips there. But uh, mm. <laughs> uh, after the match, sorry, <laughs> Jonah tossed Swinger out of the ring. I can't get that visual out of my head now. Uh, Decay came out and took Swinger. Uh, Taurus and Jonah had a stare down and uh, the writer, this guy, Garza, got really excited. Looks like we're going to head towards a Taurus and uh, Jonah showdown, a PWG match in Impact. So and that it's should a be a PWG match. That should be pretty good. Um, then they run down the card for next week. We've got Jordan Grace versus Mid Cardona for the DM title. Gresham and Steve Macklin in a rematch. Then we've got Jake something, Mike Bailey, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus the Bullet Club, Jay White, Chris Bay, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Uh, that's a pretty stacked card for next week. I yeah, like that card. Good, good show. Yeah. And then in the main event, we had a PCO defeating Chris Saban um, with a little bit of help from his friends. So there were some pretty interesting things that happened in this match. And I did like the main event. Um, but at one point, Eddie Edwards tries to trip up PCO and he does it the stupidest way possible right in front of the referee. And then all of the impact guys get knocked out. Curious to me. The referee sends them packing, right? And then and then you're left with Saban and PCO. A uh, match is a little rough to start because PCO, when he's trying to wrestle, he's you know, he's in his 50s, he's not moving too well. But once he starts doing crazy shit and dives, that's when things pick up. And I thought that he, you know, he did his stuff effectively. Chris Saban's one of the best in the world still. Uh did a fantastic. I thought the main event was pretty good. And then of course, Honor No More helped him out. Um, uh, PCO gets the victory, and then afterwards. Um, everybody's coming down to make the save. And then Eddie Edwards, he has his kendo stick there and he has the opportunity to hit Vincent, but he chooses not to not to. Yeah. And then Josh Alexander actually gets Vincent in the ankle lock and he's trying to tell Josh to leave the guy alone. Let him go. Um, whose side is this motherfucker? Oh, whose side is this guy on? I don't know. Are we okay? Um, you're right. PCO, not a wrestler freak show guy. Keep, mm-hmm. keep keep the freak show flying. Are we going too heavy handed with this now? Because this was so blatant today. Now I'm starting to like Vince Russo myself, and I'm like, is this, I mean, like, is it too obvious? Yeah, yeah, I think it's too obvious. So it's almost so obvious that it's probably not going to happen now. That's with, where I'm thinking yeah. now. I'm like, because they have laid they, they laid it on so thick. <laughs> yeah, it's good storytelling, but uh, yeah. Oh, I'm intrigued. I, I believe yeah. me, I'm, I'm still I'm on board. <laughs> But it's got me like, again, Vince Russo ruined my brain with, you know, WCW television in the late 90s, where I can't just accept anything that's unfolding on my television set. Yeah. So I, I was convinced Eddie Edwards was was jumping. Now, I'm not so sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it, it could it could be anybody. It could be any of those, you know, five guys. It could be. Nobody. It could. They could just not do any turn. Who knows, man? I I have no idea where this is going, and you, that's a good thing. Do you know who played a big role in the major Ring of Honor storyline back in the day? Who's that? The Embassy. You don't know, remember who was the uh, the valet for the Embassy? Jade. Jade Chung. 
Yeah. That was early, early days of Ring of early Honor, days. right? Early yeah. days of Ring of Honor, yeah. That was Jimmy Rafe. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. It could be interesting. But uh, hey, so I would say I, I liked everything on this show except for the Mickey James segment. So I'm going to give the show a thumbs up. Audio yeah. and video aside, I thought everything else was, was very good. And I like the new announced crew. I'm going to go thumbs slightly up to halfway in the middle because the audio and video really did bother me this week to the point where it took me out of some stuff. Um, I thought it hurt the honor no more segment. I thought it really, I thought it took a bad segment with the Mickey James speech and it made it 10 times worse. The good stuff was good, but the bad stuff was bad. And I think this is a yeah. time we're getting, we're getting more eyeballs and someone in production has to man up and say, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work. This hurt. This actively hurts us like at some point somebody needs to grow a set and call out people when they do a bad job and yeah. not show stuff because to be honest with you wwe didn't always have all the money and they wouldn't show bad they wouldn't show bad things like this where the production is just off the wall terrible i'm talking like mm. her like mid late 80s wwf right yeah like this is you guys have to be better than this at this point right mm-hmm. i'm there's I'm not pleased with that yeah, there's no excuse for that. Hopefully they get some of it cleaned up in post-production before next week. But uh, hey, if you're listening to us on the Fight Game Media feed or the Brace for Impact feed, remember, this is our last week on the Brace for Impact feed. We're shutting that down. We're heading over to the Fight Game Media main feed. Um, and then if you want to fo- join us on Patreon, go over to patreon.com slash Media. Five bucks a month, man. And we're actually going to uh, start our bonus content here pretty soon. So Patreon, stick around. And everybody else, we'll talk to you guys next week.